When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, Tim Kitzer here from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you're listening to Throwing Up the Same with Trayvon Edwards and Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka! And now, here's your starting lineup. Trayvon Edwards, Jason Madison. Boom shakalaka! Today we have a special guest. We have David Aldridge. How you doing, David? Man, I'm, I'm doing good, guys. Thank you for having me. Always like talking to uh, the next generation, you know. <laughs> <laughs> David Aldridge is a writer for The Athletic and the editor-in-chief of the D.C. Bureau. In 2016, he was awarded the Kurt Gowdy Media Award by the Basketball Hall of Fame. And now it's time for the one of the two with Jay Skills. As a broadcaster, Jeff Van Gundy or Reggie Miller? Which one do I prefer? Yeah. Uh... That's a tough one. I'll probably say I'll probably say Jeff, just because Jeff says crazy stuff. You know, like he wants to, he'll say something crazy to just to get people riled up a little bit. So sure. I'll say Jeff. A tropical vacation or a European vacation? Oh, European. I, I'm a city kid, man. I need concrete and sirens, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Agent Zero or Earl the Pearl? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. See, I didn't see Pearl in his prime. What people tell me is that you wouldn't believe how good he was. Like, he was incredible. Um, I saw Zero in his prime, and he was unbe- he was incredible. Unbelievable. Um, I'm going to go with Pearl with the caveat that I've never, I did not see him live. I wish I had seen him live. By the time I got to see him, he was pretty much done with his career. You know, he was at the end. Right. Joe Theismann or Doug Williams? Oh, Doug for the historical. Yeah. Yeah. Dream team or redeem team? Oh, the dream team is not close. Come on. It's not close. <laughs> I covered it. I covered the dream team. It's not close. <laughs> the, the Redskins or the football team? Ah, oh, the football team. We gotta we gotta stop, you know, saying dumb stuff that 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 uh, that hurts people for no good reason just because that's what we like doing you know what i mean like i grew up in dc i had all the i guess i've said this many times i nobody's going to out football team me you know what i'm saying i had all the gear had the poncho had the lunchbox had the hats had the gloves had everything was a diehard fan from the time i was six years old but it's time to change the name that's it it's time to change the name now it shouldn't be washington football team they'll hopefully come up with something else but in the interim we'll go with that Bullets or wizards? Bullets. <laughs> Bullets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I, I get why Abe Pullen, and I think it was legit. I think he honestly wanted to change it at the time. But, you know, I, I, Bullets does not have to necessarily connote violence. It can also connote speed, quickness, those sorts of things. So Exactly. The district or Chocolate City? The district. <laughs> It's not Chocolate City anymore, fellas. I wish it were. <laughs> right. that, that city's gone, man. That's in the history books now. <laughs> Ted Turner or Rupert Murdoch? Oh, Ted Turner. 
I, yeah, that's not even close. Ted Turner. Yeah. I mean, Ted Turner is a, you know, a humanitarian giving millions of dollars to people that need it for different things, for different endeavors, different charities. Yeah, it's not close. <laughs> Christmas game or Easter game? What Easter games are there? <laughs> well, I don't know if there are many games played on Easter, but I would say Christmas yeah. or All-Star. But but it's but it's always a playoff time during Easter. Oh, okay. I see what you're well, saying. Okay. I mean, uh, it's kind of closing out, but like for for April, it's kind of like guys are getting rested. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, <laughs> I got, I got you. Ah, uh, I probably say Christmas. I probably say Christmas. Yeah. Doc Rivers or Ty Lue? Ooh, damn. Doc. Well, Ty's got a chip now. He's got a chip too. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Um. Well, that's a good question. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm going to I'll go with Doc just because he's been doing it longer. That's that's right. the only reason. Right. Phil Jackson or Pat Riley? Well, I'm going to go with Phil because Riles was a great coach. Don't get me wrong. He was great. Hall of Fame great. Um, but it's Everybody thinks it's easy to coach superstars. It's actually very hard to coach superstars. <laughs> you know, it's really hard <laughs> because you're not just coaching them. You're coaching the, the other eight or nine guys on your team who aren't superstars who are pissed off that the superstars get all the touches. You know what I mean? You got to coach that team and you got you to get something out of those other guys. And Phil did it multiple times with, with you know, granted, with superstars at the top. I'm not saying he never had them, but God, getting Shaq and Kobe to three chips. Yes, he did some good coaching in, in those years. Patrick Ewing or Alonzo Mourning? Patrick. Patrick, I think, body of work. Um, if you're looking at the whole body of work, including college, which I do, uh, you know, Patrick won a national championship. He was in three national championship games in four years. Now, nobody's I, – I, the last guy to, that I think did that was Walton or, or Kareem, you know. So, um, yeah, I'd go with Patrick. Raymond Lewis or Pee Wee Kirkland? Pee Wee. Good call. Good question, though. <laughs> um, Tony Morrison or Maya Angelou? Ooh, good one. Good one. Good one. Uh, Maya Angelou. Different world or living single? Hmm. I, th I will say a different world because I don't think living single was made for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's okay. It's yeah. fine. But that yeah. I don't think that show was made for me. Yeah. Coming to America or Purple Rain? Here's the funny thing about Purple Rain. I actually saw, I'm old enough to have actually seen Purple Rain in the theater. I remember vividly going to the theater with a friend to see it and thinking, oh man, it's the greatest movie of all time. Buzz about a concert film, blah, blah, blah. It was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. You know, you get caught up in it. And then like two years later, I saw it on TV and I went, this movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't hold up. Terrible movie. What was I thinking? <laughs> Uh, no, Coming to America is a great film. It's one of the all-time great films. Uh, Stephen King or Hunter S. Thompson? I would say Stephen King. I never got into Hunter S. Thompson. I'm, I mean, I'm just that's just me. I've read a couple of his things. And again, I don't think those were written for, with me in mind. Where right. Stephen King writes, he has a genre that everybody can read and get scared out of, by, and, and I did. So <laughs> it's more accessible, I think. Scrabble or Monopoly? 
Monopoly. World Series or Super Bowl? Ah, <sighs> uh, good question. Um, I'd probably go World Series just because the Super Bowl has gotten so it's so commercialized, and it just—I don't know. There's something about the NFL and what it does that is kind of off-putting to me right now. So I'll go World Series. <laughs> NBA on NBC in the '90s or NBA on TNT in 2000? Oh, come on, y'all. I worked with TNT for 14 years. What do you think I'm going to say? TNT, of course. <laughs> of course, right. <laughs> <laughs> on the roulette table, red or black? Red. Red's my favorite color. Well, red and green are my favorite colors. So. <clears throat> and then my last question, would you prefer to – Write a great article or have a great article written about you? Oh, right. That's how I express myself. That's uh, that I, I, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't write. I just don't know what I would do. I would shrivel up and die probably. Um, that's what I am comfortable doing. It's what I feel most confident about doing um, in terms of letting people know what I think about whatever it is I'm writing about. Um, yeah, writing. All right. Well, that was the one of the two. Thank there you, you go. Good <laughs> questions, man. That was excellent. Good for you. That was that was really good. Squeaky doors, clogs, sinks, finicky engines. When things break around the house, you take care of it. However, when something's off in the bedroom, you just try not to think about it. Come on, man. What are you waiting for? That's a problem that needs to be fixed. So take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com B-O-M and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash B-O-M right now and you'll get $15 off your first month. It's really time to take care of your ED. Remember, get started today. You'll save $15 on your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash B-O-M. Yeah, every every week Jason brings it. I mean, he, he always he always he always catches somebody on the back foot, and they're like, "Uh, uh, yo, yeah, you know, like, yeah, so, yeah. yo, you made me think on a few of those. That was good." Yeah. So first and foremost, before I get started, I want to say thank you for you know doing what you're doing. I know you don't like the credit like that, but for sure, man. Oh, uh, I don't mind the credit. I okay. just don't seek it. That's all. yeah. Okay, all right. Um, just more sort of representation, though. Like you know, yeah, what I mean? thank like, you. as far as you know, transitioning into the career and actually seeing someone that looks like me. Yeah, um, no, I appreciate and, that. And, thank you. You know, finding my way. So you definitely uh, have helped. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. I mean, I had people, I, whatever I do for you, people did for me. You know what I mean? And I always right. try to make sure that people understand, you know, Ralph Wiley and, and Brian Burwell and people like that. Mike mm -hmm. Wilbon were guys that when I was your age coming up and I saw them on TV, I went, wow. Okay. Maybe I could do that. You know what I mean? Like, you right. don't, you know, it's not front of mind, but you don't eliminate. It. And that's yeah. so empowering when you're a young person, you know, yeah. and I grew up in DC, growing up in DC, 
the benefit we had was there were so many black people on local TV in DC in the 70s and 80s, you know, on all the channels, Jim Vance and Warren Bunyan and JC Hayward and Bruce Johnson and, and Bob Strickland and Angela Owens. I could go on and on and on. And so every night I would turn on the TV and see somebody look like me on the TV. And I know that's not how most young black people had it back in the right. 70s and 80s. I know that. Yeah. So it was, it was incredibly empowering to see people like that doing the news, you know, not being pigeonholed, just being a sports guy or the weather guy or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made, that made a big difference. So if I can do that for y'all, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, outside of Ahmad, you, yeah. Jim Hill, Jim Hill was like our local guy, you know. Right, I mean, sure, sure. Yeah, so, right. You know, what I mean, just seeing him, I was just like, but I also didn't even know like it was possible to be like a career. I just like, right. Oh, okay, that's cool. But I didn't know how it worked. Sure. And me like neither. now, <laughs> and now, like, obviously, being, you know, being in for about three years now, I'm trying to pay it for it as well, you know, what yeah. I mean? and, and welcoming, you know, more, uh, children of and 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 teens and sure and 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 showing like hey you can get paid for this you know what i mean like right. don't don't right. put a ceiling on it so yeah yeah absolutely all right so we're gonna go on blast from the past uh tell me your relationship with reading as a kid oh wow i mean it's the <clears throat> you know that's why i write because i read so i just read everything i could ever put my hands on i don't think it was every saturday but there's a lot of saturdays where i would walk up to the library, you know, 20 minute walk up the hill to the library on 18th street. Um, and just read books all afternoon, just find something or a magazine or something. That's what I did. I mean, I just read everything. I try, I was just, I was a very shy kid. Um, I had friends. I'm not saying I was, you know, friendless or anything. I had mm-hmm. friends, but I, I didn't, I was very introverted. I was very shy and I, I got my enjoyment out of reading about other people and other things and other places and history and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I read news, you know, newspapers, magazines, books, whatever I could get my hands on. Um, so I was just really curious about the world. I wanted to learn as much about it as possible. Um, and in those days, you know, we, <laughs> and again, it's fine. It's how I grew up. I don't, I'm not like angry about it or anything. I mean, they're just, you just didn't watch TV for nine hours or, yeah. you know, there were no computers. So, and there were four channels. So, you know, you would watch TV for a while and then you turn it off and read a book or something. I mean, that was your right. entertainment really, or at least it was mine um, primarily. So, and it was something you could do by yourself. You didn't need to have a group of people reading with you. Um, so um, did, so did when you, you got a, lonely, you could, you could just grab a book. Did you have a favorite magazine. Favorite uh, sports biography or uh, like magazine that you used to read? Like, well, I mean, I, I so I Sports Illustrated when I was a kid. That was the first thing I ever had my name on, you know, subscribing to. So that was, and it came every Thursday, every every Thursday afternoon. And so you would come home on Thursday, and you would just sit down and read the Sports Illustrated, the whole magazine, front to back, um, you know. And that was like a big thing in, in my day, you know. Um, so yeah, Sports Illustrated was was a big thing that I would read all the time. In terms of biographies, I mean, you know, when you're a kid, you don't read like the the real adult biographies. You read kind of like the cartoon version biographies, you know. Exactly. So I would read, I would read about you know great football players or great basketball players. But you know, if you're asking me the best biography I've ever, I mean, Thomas Hauser's 
book on Ali is, is incredible. You should, it's an oral history. It's amazing. Um, uh, so if you ever wanted to read something like that, I just finished John Thompson's autobiography, like literally two days ago, oh, that wow. he did with Jesse Thompson. And or, it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. Jesse Washington, not Jesse Thompson. I have Thompson in the brain. Jesse Washington. It's, it's really well done. Really well done. Yeah, I used to uh, read like a Kitty uh, Jordan biography. All right. Time. You know, yeah. It was like the, yeah, real... the, the, yeah. the G-rated version, right? Yeah. You know, so... yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you when you get into the big the, the big boy books, it, it right, gives all the right. details. Yeah. I remember the first book I got was the Jordan Rules. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And that was that that was a book. I remember buying that because I, I said, well, when it comes out, I gotta get it. So mm-hmm. came out, I bought it, sat down, and went, wow. People, yeah, it wasn't that I wasn't surprised by what was in it. I was surprised that people said it, you know, yeah. on the record. <laughs> yeah, and then to see the last dance and then kind of put yeah. all of it together, like right, like, right, right. Because I mean, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody. That's not that's not true. Everybody didn't know about that. Side yeah, of but everybody knew that Michael was incredibly competitive and he was hard to play with, just mm-hmm. like just most like Magic was hard to play with. Right. Her was hard to play with, and Isaiah was hard to play with. You know, because they're very demanding. Mm-hmm. You know, they're great players in that era they're, who are very demanding. So, um, yeah, yeah. The Jordan rules was certainly a, a big, uh, you know, it was a new type of sports book for sure. You know, yeah. in the same way that when John Feinstein wrote Season on the Brink about Bobby Knight, it was that kind of book. Yeah. You know, and you read it and we're just like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that's actually, I mean, somebody said, yeah, this happened. I'm mm-hmm. telling you this happened, you know, which is yeah. unusual, which was I- unusual at the time, I should say. Yeah, I feel like they're moving away from the those kind of salacious type books mm-hmm. and more to the documentary style, like the Tiger documentary that we got, right? Like things of that nature. Because I feel like people's attention span isn't what it used to be in in the '90s and '80s yeah. and all that. And it's like all the news that we get or information that we get, people can't wait to read the book. They have to see it in a movie form or something. I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, you know, just because again with social media, people are a lot more distracted it's a lot harder to get someone's attention and it's much much harder to keep someone's attention so there you go that part uh, so, right there. yeah no there's no question it, it was a different time no question it was a different time all right so what's your relationship with model planes and cars <laughs> well just when i was growing up that was that was the thing it was a thing that i did a lot of i don't mm-hmm. know why i did it i don't know how i got into it but you know i wouldn't make you know, you get those model airplane kits and mm-hmm. you have to paint them and mm-hmm. glue them together and then put the sticker on just right. And I did a lot of those when I was a kid. And again, I know why, because it was something I could do by myself, you yeah. know. Um, and I always kind of gravitated toward those types of things that I could do alone or with not much supervision. Right. Um, and so, yeah, the puzzles, jigsaw puzzles and things like that. Um you know, lots of uh, World War II airplanes in that time were, were big, <laughs> and, you know, because it was it hadn't been that long ago since World War II. And, you know, the uh, I guess the Viet, oh, I guess it was Korean War. There wasn't too many Vietnam toys at that time because they were still in Vietnam at the time. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it was mostly World War II, classic American fighter planes and things like that and, and boats, you, you know, submarines and things like that. It was a big thing, again, back in those days kids did a lot of things by themselves um you know and so toys kind of gravitated toward that 
here's something that can entertain a kid for a couple of hours. He doesn't need six other people to be to participate in. I want to say hobbies went out the window around like 99. (laughs) Seriously, because I I mean, I did. I don't know if there's a specific year involved, but yeah. Well, I'm just saying like the the commercial push, like I'm saying the commercial push because because we got more technology shifting in after that. Because I mean, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, social media is is a is a group part is a participation endeavor right like mm-hmm. everybody can get you can get on twitter with your twitter uh world and and you can just talk to each other right mm-hmm. so yeah and, and the same for instagram and all of the other ones um you know all of the new ones clubhouse same thing all of it this is all yeah. the same thing it's here's something you can do with your friends that's what yeah. facebook was here's something you can do with your friends you know so that is certainly more, it's certainly more of a collective entertainment now than it was when, you know, when I was growing up, to be sure. But I, I will say this, though, for social media, like some of the videos that I see that go viral that I really like are like these Rube Goldberg machines or like, yeah. the, or like those domino oh, sure, sure. setups that people have, like, which, you know, stuff that people used to do when they were kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, there's still like a market for people. Yeah, who, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I'm, I'm sure like yeah. there's clubs and, and all kind of type of meetups and well, oh, with, sure, with, the, sure. with the climate now, I mean, it's probably a little different. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. probably be transitioning back, but right. Um, before, you know, definitely because, um, you mentioned model cars, I was building model cars. Um, I missed the whole snap on situation <laughs> right, I had right, crazy right. glue and crazy glue sometimes wasn't my friend because it would get stuck to my skin and you know <laughs> I was trying to like you know I remember my my grandma uh she was a, a housekeeper in Beverly Hills yeah. and I was a latchkey kid so she would yeah. buy the model car for me and I would get this spray paint I would put this uh the mask on and yeah. I'm sitting it on a can and I'm spraying it and that's how I learned how to like kind of fix everything and swap the lights out and, you know, put little people in there and try right. to make it as prop as possible. <laughs> right, 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 right. But yeah, no, those are, those were great hobbies to have. So, um, yeah. having those experiences. Say I'm old. I had Elmer's. That's what we had. So <laughs> I had, so I've actually, by the time Elmer's was almost out of there, right. I, we were using Elmer's for our hand and just picking at it. Cause we were bored. Yeah. We used to get the thumbprint and pull yeah. it off. And yeah, we just, we did that too. Yeah, yeah. So see it in far, it, 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 it lost our, it didn't go, it didn't go un, right, unused. Right. Um, who has, uh, who have you been most proud of uh, that you got a chance to mentor that has taken off? You know, I would say uh, Tiffany Green. Um, Tiffany is now <clears throat> at ESPN. She does play by play. And I'm very proud of her. Um, she started at Bright House Media in Orlando covering high school sports there. So I met her at NABJ. Gosh, I want to say it was like 94 or 95. Maybe she was just getting started. Mm. Um and we hit it off and I'm, you know, she has blown up and she's doing great work. She's doing college football. She's doing <clears throat> men's and women's basketball. Um, and, you know, wants to be a NFL play-by-play announcer. And I'm very proud of her because um, she did it the right way. She didn't take any shortcuts. She worked her ass off. She took, she learned how she learned the business. She learned the how to do things and, and, whether it's shooting a piece or editing a piece or producing, and then went in front of the camera. So she knew how to do that stuff. Um, and again, worked her way up to now where she's at ESPN. And I'm, I'm real proud of her. Nice. Well, shout outs to her. 
Um, what are your views on journalism shifting from storytelling and profile pieces to unwinnable arguing or debates? Not my thing. <laughs> yeah, I understand that because I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, a, it's, it's, I guess, consumable TV for whoever likes it. Sure, I get um, it. But I haven't, I haven't really got involved in it because yeah. again, it's, I don't think it's a right or wrong answer and it's too many what ifs. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, Look, I, I, I guess. understand that when you have 6,000, literally have 6,000 channels, mm-hmm. if you click on two people yelling at each other, you might stop and watch it for a minute or two to see what they're yelling at each other about. Right. right. I get it. And it's okay, but it's just not for me. It's not what I do. It's never been what I do. And I don't feel comfortable doing it because it would be phony for me yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and TV, I know this, I I've been in TV for, I was in TV for 25 years. I know enough to know that TV is the ultimate BS detector. So if you try to be something you're not, it will expose you in 30 seconds. And, you and that's the same that. thing about Twitter too, because you get immediate feedback. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So just do what you do, you know? So um, yeah, I mean that, you know, candidly, that's one of the reasons why I think I wasn't, a, I'm not at ESPN anymore because it went to that thing. Mm-hmm. That's what they wanted to do, get into. And that's what they wanted to emphasize. And I was like, I just want to cover the NBA like I've been doing for nine years. And can mm-hmm. I do that? Or eight years, I guess it was. Right. I'd like to just keep doing that if that's okay. And they said, no. <laughs> so, hey, well, we love, we love, they can do you, know, we, we want, love you, you at know? the athletic, David. <laughs> ESPN is kind of like with MTV when they stop playing music videos. It's like. Start they, showing ridiculousness about 72 yeah, times. Just like, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like right. Bread and butter. It's like we like. The, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Like I mean, please. I get that they, you know, when you get big, you're not, you know, you have to, you're competing against other entities. You're not just competing against other sports networks. So again, I get it. Like they have to compete with entertainment shows and all the other stuff that's going on. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I just like covering sports. That's what I like to do. <laughs> you know, so, so, um, so I, I want to go somewhere. I want to be in a place where they'll just let me do that, which is why I love, you know, Turner so much is that they never told me, they never said, well, why don't you, why don't you, and why don't you pick a fight with Charles? They never said that. Right. You know, what they said was, if you disagree with Charles, say, yeah, I disagree with you, which is a completely different thing. You know, yeah, it's, about it's it. more of a respectable standpoint too. Like, yeah, you know, the person is yeah. going to respect it versus you just batting down the right. you know, I mean, idea. Right. Yeah, yeah, so that was completely, that's, they let me be me. And that's why I'll always love them. They never try to change me. Yeah, that's great. Um, piggying back, piggybacking off of the debate, right? Yeah. In your own personal eyes, you're OG. You got yeah. a chance to watch a lot of basketball. Sure. Who is your personal GOAT? Oh, you mean basketball? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, again, I always preface this by the people I did not see. Okay? Right. I didn't see Wilt Chamberlain. <laughs> I didn't see Bill Russell. Okay, and I didn't see Oscar Robertson live. I saw tape afterwards. The people that I talked to that did see them live say that they were as good as anybody who's ever played. So I can only tell you the people that I've seen with your own two eyes. Yeah, it's it's Jordan and it's not especially close (laughs) to me. (laughs) Yeah, my opinion. Michael is the best player I've ever seen. You had a front row seat and I, um, when those debates normally happen, I mm-hmm. normally think about it because 
you know, I get people saying Bill Russell or Kareem and like respectable to it. I'm not one of those type of young people to just say, oh, they played against such and such and they right, didn't right, matter right, or right, anything right. like that. No, I'm sure they were dominant at. You if know, it was easy to win 11 there. rings, somebody else would. Have somebody done it. else would do it, right? <laughs> you know what it, I mean? It like, would be more. It would be more champions, right? Right. So right. In, but, in a particular situation, I'm like looking at everything. My era starts Magic Bird, Isaiah, yeah, and then rookie Jordan, and then yeah. going into it, right? Right. And as I watched it, respect to the um, Showtime Lakers, you know, Boston. Yeah. If they get limb bias. They probably win more. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Then you you move on to the Bulls, which was my prime of me actually understanding basketball. It's one thing to see it and then to understand it and and watch everything and consume it. Two, three-peats. You know what I mean? And then, you you know, you you insert a couple teams. A lot of players didn't get a ring because of Mike. So, I mean, not just about everybody. Let me ask ask David this question because he you came up in the era of Kareem, you know, like you you watched Kareem at UCLA and into Jordan. And now you're watching LeBron. And I think like those would probably be I mean, other than, you know, the Kobe stands and people who love Kobe. Sure. Those would be the only two guys who could really vie for the title. I think how Mm -hmm. where where would you place them in the pantheon under Jordan? If Jordan is the I mean, look, I think Kareem is again, if you look at the whole body of work. Yeah. (laughs) Like they literally changed the rules because of this guy. You know what I mean? Like so. um yeah, I mean, Kareem, as I always tell people, Kareem had one move. Think about this now. <laughs> he had one move. Right. He, didn't have, he didn't have a crossover, a drop step, a euro step, a fadeaway. I mean, he had a little bit of a fadeaway, but he had one shot. <laughs> he had Put one up, thing and, that he and did. And got like 34,000 points off. And he scored 37,000 <laughs> oh, points. Oh, 37. Yeah. And stop it. And they, and they took mean? out the dunk for him. They took out the dunk for him. Right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like he had one thing that he could do to score in a, on a basketball court and he did it more efficiently and more lethally than anybody else who's ever played the game. So I got to give Kareem respect, you know, and, yeah. and on top of, you know, three straight, it would have been four freshmen could have played, were, were eligible to play when in his day because right, right. he couldn't play as a freshman. So three straight national championships at UCLA. I think they lost two games. And that's so it was one. It was, it was 73, 73 and one because he got poked in the eye. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, the game against Houston against yep. Elvin Hayes. Now they made, now Elvin was great. Elvin mm-hmm. was number three all time in scoring for a long time. Elvin's a great player. So they may have beaten them anyway. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from Elvin, but yes, to your point, nobody, I mean, he lost two games. Yeah. <laughs> he lost <laughs> one game in college, you know, yeah. so he won three national championships. He won six MVPs. He won six NBA titles. I mean, come on. So certainly, if you want to say Kareem's the greatest of all time, I'm not going to argue with you. Right. That's I can, that's a fair argument. You know, I even, you know I mean? I even put up the argument. fight for him to be the logo because I would I would love for him to be the logo. Just I think it would be shot. iconic with the hook. Everybody yep. would know what it is and who it was. Um, you know, I can understand that argument also, and I would mm-hmm. have no problem with that. I think Jumpman would be the logical one, but I can if you want to make it Kareem, fine. But I'd go with Jumpman if you're asking me. Yeah. Right. I think with with Jumpman being on the jerseys now, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it not being the Jumpman. Right, yeah, that's yeah. fair. Right, that's right, fair. Right. Um, yeah. which players were portrayed poorly in the media when they were actually good dudes when you were covering? Oh, I, well, I mean, like I early said, on that Turner, and, and this is not for me. I'm I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing somebody else who okay. knew Charles Barkley very well, 
And what he would always say is, a lot of guys in the NBA are assholes who want you to think they're good guys. Charles Barkley is a good guy who wants you to think he's an asshole. (laughs) And that's that's actually very true. (laughs) That's actually very true. Um, um, Charles was the best that I've dealt with in 30 years. The best. He's been the best guy for 30 years in terms of I've never seen somebody. Charles was great. I don't think people understand how great Charles Barkley was as a player. <laughs> he was a great player. <laughs> like, yeah, he wasn't so just some I okay only found guy. out about him collecting trading cards. And yeah. then when I was of age to like actually go back and watch him in Philly and then yeah. before the Phoenix stuff. Right. Um, he's 6'4, 280 yeah. some, 290 right. pounds, doing what he's right. doing, outplaying everybody. And then the MVP year. Right. I'm just like, you know, for everybody to, you know, make jokes about the ring stuff, man, he, yeah, yeah. he was a bad dude. Well, he was, Charles was on the, you know, Patrick and Malone, Stockton, Reggie Miller. Like you can, I can list, name yeah. them all. Jordan stopped them all. Yeah, <laughs> stopped them all. Yeah. the only one. Right. All of them got the, got the Heisman from MJ. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. um, so Charles was a great player. And of great players, there's lots of guys that are good guys. You know, hundreds of guys I've covered over the years that are good guys. Very few of them were great players. Charles was a superstar who never big-timed anybody. I've never seen him big-time anyone. And as I've said, I've said this a lot over the years. I've been, I've been in bars and restaurants with Chuck dozens of times in my life. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> and I've never seen him say no. Somebody wants a picture, an mm-hmm. autograph. And not only, he doesn't, he's not one of these guys, all right, let me uh, get up and I'll go away. From, no, and he wants, what's your name? Where are you from? Why are you here? You know, he picks up the tab almost all the time. No, it doesn't matter how much it is. He picks up the tab in the bar. And I'm talking about the whole bar. I'm not talking about the guys he's drinking with. He'll just say, give me the check. I've seen him do it. Now I'm not guessing. Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, so yeah, Chuck was, Chuck is one of the best guys I've ever dealt with. I love to hear that. Cause yeah. I, I was living in Phoenix and I would see him a lot. Um, but I just never like, I don't never like to bother anybody, but like, he's probably one of the one of the dudes that I want to meet. Um, yeah. I'll be, I'll tell you a story about that. So when they played the bulls in the finals and they lost game six, mm-hmm. So it's over. So me and Wilbon and a couple of guys, we go out to the spot in Phoenix to get something to eat because the game ended. It was still early in Phoenix, right? Because it was a primetime start. So it was like eight, eight mm-hmm. let's get something to eat. So we go to a restaurant and we see Chuck pull up in his car. And, and he pulls up and I don't think nobody had like, he just pulled up. And he saw us and he walked over. He walked over to a bunch of reporters. Think about this. He just mm-hmm. lost the finals. He walked over to a bunch of reporters. Now he knew us, but still, mm-hmm. like, yeah. He was like, we're like, are you all right? You good? He's like, man, I'm just so depressed. Blah, blah, blah. And he was literally like, can I sit with y'all? And we're like, of course you can sit with y'all. Right. What you mean? <laughs> exactly. So he sits and we eat and we talk. And we, you know, he, he's, you know, he makes, he's making jokes. And that's just the kind of guy he is, you know, yeah. like, he's a people person. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to love those type of people. I read something on him about um, him meeting a friend um, 
And like, I guess the guy used to be telling, like, you know, Charles Barkley's my friend. Yeah. And uh, he ended up attending this funeral, but like, yeah, they the just guy, built this. The guy in Iowa, I think. It yeah, was. yeah, it was in Iowa. Like yeah, doctor that, or something. Man, yeah. that was yeah, that was super touching. Charles um, knows and, so many random people that he just met and literally met in a bar somewhere, and yeah. they get, and he gives them their his number and they call him and they become friends. There's dozens of people like that in his life that I've never. It's like, oh, this is my buddy from. From San Antonio. Oh, this is my buddy from Minneapolis. You know, like he's got. Yeah, just random people. Yeah, just that's, random people. Like, that's love, not though. famous people. They're just, oh, that's my, oh, Charles. Yeah, I've known Charles for 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. That's great. I don't um, know how many friends he has in San Antonio. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I mean, I think he, I think he just was, he was just saying that. Just to say. no, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, do you play my friend actually pretty much sent this to me to ask you yes do you play 2k to hear yourself talk <laughs> no no my kids play 2k and they always are like like well dad you know i listened to you for a while and then you know it was it was kind of interesting but they didn't they, you know i you know i get it i'm their yeah. dad i'm not david aldridge you know what yeah. i mean so they're not like Whatever enjoyment they get, it's not because they see me in the game. It's because they're mm-hmm. playing the game. So they're cool about it, you know. Um, but no, I don't. If I play the game, I just play the game. I'm not very good at it. I, I don't I don't take enough time to get good at it. So Yeah, I mean, I've, I think I've finally quit 2K. I'm actually featured in the, in the latest game, too. Oh, good. Uh, That's on great. Twitter. So, yeah, man, I, we, have, we have that. We have the athletic and 2K together. Um, how did that come about? Like, how did you, how did they approach you to, to be in 2K? That was all Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan is the guy. <laughs> so I've told him, I said, thank you for helping putting my children to school. <laughs> <laughs> so Harlan, I was, this was like 2014, 2015. So we we're at doing some game somewhere. And I'm doing it with Harlan and Reggie. And Harlan is the same as he is on the air. He's the same off the air. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Great. Oh. <laughs> so Harlan says, Hey, have you ever ever done a video game? And I was like, you mean like be in one? And he's like, yeah, that would be great. You know, it's, it's fun. I do it. I do this 2K game. It's fantastic. You should get into it. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'd love to. I mean, I guess they've never asked me to. And he's like, oh, I know the guy. Oh, I should. I'll give him your number and he'll call you. And that's what happened. <laughs> that's wow. What happened. That's crazy. Shouts to Kevin Harlan. I seen yeah, one no, clip I, of him. Kevin Harlan's the guy. He's the guy who did it. Um, I seen one viral clip of him. Um, post you know right now during COVID yeah. time where he's in his room and he was like knocking and knocking out like some voice stuff yeah and man i was like wow I, you know what i mean just to even get because like that's, people don't even understand even when you're doing podcasting you have to be you have to find that type of energy right especially Absolutely. if you go podcast to podcast it's right. like almost exercising right. and then like okay i really didn't want to exercise and now right. you have to find that type <laughs> of spark again and exactly then, like, yeah. yeah yeah no kevin it was always Whenever I had a game with Kevin, I knew, okay, I'll be fine. I'll be fine tonight because Kevin's so enthusiastic that you can't help but become enthusiastic with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, you want to match his energy when you're doing the interviews and stuff. So, and, and Kevin's such a good guy. He just, he's, it was, it was a joy doing games with him. Just a joy. And I, I was fortunate enough to do some tournament games with him too, you know, a couple of times. And, and he's an, an, the work ethic is unbelievable. He works so hard. And then I always say 
how can you do like I get it like if you want to do like he does NBA and, and then he does NFL he does the Monday night game but then he'll do like college basketball and college football on the weekends and I'm like how can you how do you keep it all straight yeah, in your he head just, he like just going and mix it up I mean I, I, I fumbled over some stuff it. too yeah, yeah, no, guys like him and like Joe Buck like these multi-sport yeah. announcers uh even I mean even Al Michaels and Bob yeah, Collins, yeah. of course. That's uh, why they're as great as they are, because they can yeah. do everything. Yeah, yeah they're, they're incredible. Um, and shout out to your Kevin Harlan impression right there. I hope <laughs> the for that. Pretty easy to do uh, Harlan. That doesn't take any particular skill. You just um, have to be loud and enthusiastic. So. <laughs> yeah. um, out of all the places and jobs that you've had, what has been your favorite? Wow. Well, I mean, I I loved all the jobs. I mean, you mean as an adult or you mean when I was a kid? I mean, period. If, if, if you like those jobs better than the ones you've had as I mean, I, I, lo- I really enjoyed all the jobs, all the places I've been. I mean, I worked at the Washington Post. I loved that. It was great. I uh, worked at ESPN. I didn't love it, but I, but it was, a, it was, it helped me a lot. I'm not good. I learned television at ESPN. Um I loved working at Turner. I love working in, I worked at the Philly Inquirer for three years. I love working there. Um, and I really love working at the athletic. Um, so all of those jobs have been wonderful in their own way. <clears throat> I was actually, you know, one of my favorite jobs was I was an usher at, at a theater at a, not a movie theater, but like for plays and stuff <clears throat> in DC, my brother got rest his soul, got me the job. And I really liked that job. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> I really did. I re- yeah. It was a totally different world than what I had ever been exposed to growing up in DC. I, you know, I didn't go, we didn't go to the theater. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't something we did. We barely went to the movies. You know what I mean? So I mean, um, so I got to see like Jack Lemon and people like that in plays and Kevin Spacey when he was young and people like that and Rita Moreno. And, you know, I got to see, cats and and stuff i would never have gone to see otherwise voluntarily yeah you 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 know what i mean so that was a lot of fun i got to see james earl jones and master harold and the boys which was unbelievable he was incredible in that play um i got to see lena horn she had a one-woman show before she passed away so i mean i got to see a lot of really cool stuff so that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed that job nice on that note what has been your favorite sporting attend, uh, event to either attend or cover? I would say the Dream Team. I would say the Dream Team. That was the one time I, I actually went into my boss's office and said, I'm covering this. Don't put anybody else on this. I'm covering this. Um, and because I, I wanted to be there because I knew how big it was going to be. And it lived up to it. You know, how many times are you, does something actually live up to the hype? And it did. It did. They were that good. They were that compelling and I was there for pretty much everything that they did as a team, you know, starting here in the States in San Diego uh, and going up to Portland and then going over <clears throat> for the Olympics. Um, it was amazing watching them play. It was, it was, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen like it literally, they weren't playing. There was no opponent. They were just playing the game of basketball was their opponent. Let's see how good five guys on the court can be at one time. And they were that good. I tell people all the time, the stat that I will remember to the day I die is Chris Mullen shot 75% on threes. in the. That's, <laughs> that's, that's like unheard of, though. 
75? 75%. That on threes. <laughs> yeah, that's unreal. That's how good they were. That's how good they were. He was like the sixth option. And every time he caught the ball, it was a bucket. Every time. Yeah. That, they were amazing. They were incredible. And so I know you was in the I know you was in the building, right? For the for the infamous scrimmage. I was not. Oh. Well, but see, but there was no precedent. There was not, that was not a public uh, you know, okay. practice. That okay. was not a public practice. See, Wilbon big time me that one time. He's like, because because my boss said, okay, I'll s i will I can't send both of you to everything, but so you guys gotta pick and choose which ones you want. And so I had been covering them the whole summer. Portland, uh, started in San Diego, Portland. So that was like five weeks. And then they went overseas for a couple of exhibitions. So Wilbon, of course, <laughs> he's very smart, Wilbon. He said, oh, I'll, I'll handle, I'll handle the, the practice. I, I had forgotten that that's when they were in Monte Carlo. Wilbon! So Wilbon got to spend a week in Monte Carlo with them gambling yeah. every night. Oh, wow. Morning. <laughs> That's a good finesse, man. That was good. That was good. I had to give him props on that. I was like, all right, yeah, all right. You got the young, you got the youngster. Good, good. You got me. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we got one question that we ask our guests. Um, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Oh, <clears throat> I would tell my 18-year-old self, you're a lot smarter and better at, at what you want to do than you think you are. You shouldn't be so hard on yourself. And don't worry, girls are going to really come to appreciate you very soon. <laughs> I love Great it. advice. Great advice. I yeah. It. <laughs> I love it. For our young listeners, please pay attention to that for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, DA, man. This has been amazing. Oh, fellas, A dream come true, funny. honestly. Um, I know every time we get to pod together, I, you know, I get, I get hyped. I take, I text my uncles and my friends back at home. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Y'all seen me on the pod with David Aldridge. Yeah. But, you know, you like, you like my uncle. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I am now in this phase of my life where I'm everybody's uncle, which is fine. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. No, nah, one time, the one time we recorded, you pulled up, he was like, I'm uncle D like, I'm like, all right, you got it. You know what I'm saying? So nah, it's love. man. That's okay. That's fine. I, that's a good thing to be so i appreciate it guys thank you and, and i appreciate you having me and look continued success and stay safe wear your mask you know you know the drill yep yeah and you drink your water you know what I mean? i'm drinking my water yes there my you go. favorite water yes sir all right thank you so much babe. you're very welcome take care man growing up the same wins the game yo rob yo i mean What's the biggest complaint I always have whenever we record these podcasts? Besides Jerv being too sleepy, um, I think it's you forget to name a couple of things. You always want to talk about some extra stuff. Oh, man. It's the worst feeling in the world. When we get done and we say cut and I'm sending the files to Rob and I say, shit, I forgot we were going to talk about this topic or that topic. Well, guess what? We're not going to have those problems anymore. If you go ahead and download the Stereo app, that's right. Go to Stereo.com slash Darth Amin and make sure you are linked and subscribe to us. And we're going to talk about all of the different things that I always forget about. This is a great app. 
every time you guys are listening to this pod, you say, oh, I wish I could chime in. But you're listening to our pod. You can never chime in. It's pre-recorded. Guess what? With stereo, you're able to have your voice heard. You can ask real-time questions about either the pod episode we recorded or whatever we're talking about at the time. It's great. It's a forum for you to listen to your favorite podcasters. That'll be me and our, yours truly all at the Counter Things Network. And we're going to be out here. We're going to do this regularly multiple times a week. Just hop on stereo. Download the app. Subscribe. Follow Darth the Mean. Follow Talk Hoops. Follow Trayvon. Follow Big Waz. All of us. You know who we are. You search for us on the stereo app. You will find us and subscribe to us and be a part of these conversations real time. Have the ability to ask the questions that you want to ask. Stop us when we're on some bullshit, as we are frequently. And of course, catch some content that goes above and beyond what you listen to in the podcast you already love. Again, that is the Stereo app. And you can follow me, Stereo.com slash Darth Amin. You can look up everybody else by their handles. Their handles are all the same as what we have on social media. You can join us multiple times a week. I love Stereo. I'm on the app talking all the time. Follow me and get notified every time I go live.